0: In this episode of The Full Nerd, we talk about VRAM problems, bad PC ports, and real time path tracing. Welcome to episode 251 of The Full Nerd. Uh, I am your host, fill-in host for today, Adam Patrick-Murray. Uh, Gordon is unfortunately out sick, so uh, get get well, Gordon. Uh, get some rest. Don't worry... Uh you know the podcast is in capable hands here hopefully with me uh and like usual we have a hey i saw that <laughs> uh, <laughs> our, our usual co-host uh Brad Charkis what's what's going on Brad nice shirt
1: up internet thank you gamers uh, nexus
0: finest nice nice uh and then uh, returning is uh, is another Brad where we have a Bradfest 2023 uh Brad shoemaker well welcome Brad
2: shoemaker that's right yeah thanks for having me back it takes two brads to equal one gordon oh yeah <laughs> uh,
0: almost It's the almost. way the math works uh, yep, yeah right yep. <laughs> I, did, I, did,
2: I did the equation, yeah.
0: And uh, before we get too far, because we, we made this mistake last time, uh, Brad, t- tell the fine folks uh, where where they might know you from.
2: Uh, so, yeah, I do uh, video game stuff by day uh, at nextlander.com. Uh, nice. Formerly of Giant Bomb, if you, you may know me from there, GameSpot before that. Um, and then also um, with uh, your friend and mine, Will Smith, I also do, Brad and Will made a tech pod, uh, which you can find at techpod.content.town. Nice, nice. Awesome. I,
1: I wasn't here last time when you were on the show, but I just want to hop in here and say, if anyone who's watching the full nerd right now, like go watch Brad and Will make a Tet pod. It's amazing stuff. Like it's it's Thank super you. great. I was just recently listening to your weaponized smurfing episode about okay. dark patterns. Yes. Yeah. And oh. if you like full nerd, I think you will find their show absolutely fascinating. Go check it out. Definitely. Thank you, Thank you very much. Yeah. And
0: uh, Brad Shoemaker and I have uh, the the same uh, sad obsession of, of clash royale. That's right. Uh, so, I
2: kicked it. I, I I was in for a week again after that episode. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, What am no, I doing I'm to st- myself? I'm still
0: there. I'm still there. Anyway, uh, and on the vertical and horizontal, like usual, is uh, Willis Lai. What's going on? Willis? Hey, I'm the usual now. I'm off training wheels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, you're, love, just, you're just you're just running the show. You know. Yeah. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I guess I I just get to fill in when when Gordon's not here. Uh, once again, Gordon, feel better. Uh, if if anybody misses him, just get on Twitter and uh and tweet him something funny. Uh, who knows so that he can uh, (laughs) uh, stay busy with that anyway we we have some fun video game related topics uh, to hit today Uh, the the first one is kind of a big one a lot of people have been talking about and that that's VRAM Um, you know I I, I, this is kind of intertwined a little bit with the the bad PC ports uh, which is the uh, one of the other topics we got Uh, but to kind of kick it off and to get the conversation started and also just to, to pimp on our channel, uh, Keith May uh, did a, a fine fine video over there. Uh, we got in three GPUs for $280. Well, actually, two of them were 270 one was 280 whatever. And we made a video saying, hey, uh, which, which one which one would be the, the one to get if you had $280? Uh, we had a, a RTX 3050. We had a uh, RX 6650 XT and an Arc A770 a third party one with only 8 gigs of VRAM. Um this this all started because that that 8 gig of uh A770 like I found it on sale for 100 or I'm sorry $270. It was an ASRock whatever ASRock version, yeah, I can't remember. And uh, uh, initially I was like, "Dang, okay. So what What are you missing if you get the eight gig A770 versus the sixteen gig? That's that's how it all started, and then it kind of expanded out from there. Um, And so in the video, if if you go watch, you should definitely go watch it. We have a a section where we actually did test the eight gig Asrock A770 versus the sixteen gig Asrock A7 or I'm sorry, the Intel reference uh, A770. And graphics cards name man. I know numbers names. <laughs> Jesus awful. Christ, uh, companies. Anyway, um, the 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 findings were interesting. Uh, uh, Brad Charkis, did you get a chance to look over that section? Because I know I'm we talked sure. about it a little bit. You know I did. Yeah. Uh, it, so t- quick TLDR, t- 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 l- the the Azrock actually did better in most of the games compared to the 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 Intel reference model. Even with the less VRAM, except for the games that were VRAM limited. There was like three games, particularly uh, Returnal was one of them, Forspoken. And the other one was um, the the open world Ubisoft game. Well, I guess that's all of them. <laughs> 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 the, the one set in London. Uh, yeah, Watch, Watch Dogs. Dogs Legion. Yeah, yeah. So in those ones, the 16 gigabyte version won. But the rest of them, because the ASRock card was cooler and like much larger heatsink, it actually like improved frame rates, uh, just, you know, probably mostly because of that, and a little bit of an overclock, but you know, you could probably overclock a reference uh, a little bit on that's, that.
1: That's insane. It shows you how much of a difference cooling can make.
0: Well, you know, and so so here's the thing, I, I guess going into, into this whole discussion is that, is that if you're looking at a, a GPU for that $300 and under price range, like you you're not really going to get anything more than 8 gigabytes uh you know like and i mean there are some options to step up uh the 3060 has more vram than the 3050 the uh on on the intel side you, you can go with the, the the reference which has 16 gigs uh and then on the amd side what is the next one the 6700 i think has 12. Have,
1: does it i thought i had eight does it have 12. Uh, it's right.
0: either 10 or 12. i, I can't remember right. yeah, yeah. It, it is a step up but yeah, I so I don't know. There is there's been a lot of discussions around VRAM limits, and is, is eight gig enough? And yeah, I guess Brad, you're you're our resident uh, GPU reviewer. What what do you think on this the the VRAM limits of today?
1: I'm, I'm glad you said resident GPU reviewer because otherwise the show could get messy real quick. Responding <laughs> to Brad, Uh <laughs>
0: yeah, sorry.
1: Uh, it depends on what you're buying it for. I think uh, 1080p resolution uh in the vast majority of cases you'll still be fine getting an 8 gigabyte card uh bumping up to 1440p I'd be real hesitant with it uh I actually looked back in preparation for this and looked back at my 3070 and 3070 ti review from a couple years ago and even then I was saying you know 8 gigabytes doesn't feel right because watchdogs legion can already hit that even before you turn on ray tracing uh doom eternal could hit that even before ray tracing and you know, these new consoles are coming out, and they have so much more available RAM than they used to. Uh, And it feels like we're starting to see that come to fruition with a series of recent ports that are obliterating graphics memory.
2: (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, and it it feels like one of those things, at least on on the outside, I mean, especially with the 3070, 3070 Ti, it was, or in, in the 3080, when the 3080 came out with 10 gigs, it was just like, whoa, okay, is that enough? You know, is is Intel just trying to screw everyone over, kind of thing? I mean, obviously, the more VRAM you have, the more it's gonna be future proof, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call future proof, <laughs> in this day and age. But uh Brad Shoemaker, like, since I mean, you're you're more in uh, in in all of gaming uh, and and a lot into to console space. How do you see this this whole VRAM? thing playing out do you do you think the the PC you looking over at the PC side and just being like oh my God like but there's cards out there with with eight gigs of VRAM that's yeah. stupid
2: <clears throat> excuse me as an owner of a 10 gigabyte 3080 I oh, yeah. just sort of feel this acutely myself <laughs> um it, it seems like it really is based on this most recent wave of console ports right it's it's last of us part one Resident Evil 4 was Let's say like for spoken part of this conversation as yeah well, first spo- it's just been the last yeah. few months right that same this with release. hogwarts yeah hogwarts, hogwarts is another
0: one, right? i mean i mean but it, it it did crop up like you said a lot, watch dogs legion especially if i mean any, anything with ray tracing is going to hit more vram and then uh the, the the biggest one was doom eternal doom eternal on ultra nightmare or whatever like you could just hammer hammer the vram so
2: right yeah like you know we've, we've been in this weird limbo with these consoles where most of the games shipping are still coming out on the previous gen as well. So everything is kind of architected for the slowest common denominator spec. That's what, eight gigabytes on those old machines, God, right? Man. So like we're just now moving into this situation and, and in some of these games still are cross gen, but we're starting to finally see more games that are PS5 Series X only. And so it yep. seems like this is just gonna become more and more of an ongoing problem as games, you know, development expands to fit the bigger memory pool uh, <laughs> once they're only targeting these new machines. So it seems like it's probably just gonna become more and more of an issue.
0: Well, and, and I, I guess one of the questions I have then is if you, I mean, not everybody can afford to get a GPU with a ton of VRAM, right? I mean, you're, you're, no matter what, if you buy a 3050 and you, you only have the budget for a 3050, okay, well, you're, you're going to be taking cutbacks anyway. It's just less powerful. It's going to have less VRAM, whatever. But I feel like at least with the, like, with traditional just rasterization performance, it's like, okay, well I know my 3050, maybe it can hit 1080p ultra right now, but you know, in a couple of years it'll be high, and a couple more years after that it'll be medium, you know, and it's just, over time of course it's gonna be less and less, but I feel like the VRAM thing is coming up quicker than the than the actual like like rasterization performance, for lack of a better word. I don't know, I'm not a developer, but what, what do you think? Anybody feel that that's the case or?
1: Yeah, it's gonna rear its head if, this happens with more console ports. Like, the vast majority of AAA games are built for consoles first, because that's where a whole lot of players are. And uh, they have that added capacity now. And, you know, bad PC ports are a PC tradition. And they're gonna continue to be, is my firm guess. Uh, So it's something I would definitely be aware of buying graphics cards going for, because if you're looking to play at higher resolutions and crank all the settings to the max, uh, more is better. This just this just reminds me that personally, I usually play my games on high because then you don't hit the VRAM capacity anywhere near as hard, typically, and you get faster frame rates and it still looks pretty dang good. So that's something that I do.
2: It feels like the d- diminishing returns these days from, say, medium to high to ultra are... it's it's less of a a step up than it's ever been. I feel like, you know, like games, games on medium look very good these days, you know, you can if you never looked at higher ultra and just played on medium, like I think most people would be just fine,
1: right? So yeah, if you're wondering, how does the last of us PC port use over eight gigabytes of RAM on medium? Look at it, write it on 1080p on medium and you'll understand immediately.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I well, And that's the thing, I I guess uh, separate from the bad PC ports, which we'll talk about in a second. I mean, I think and other than ray tracing, which I guess we'll talk about later too, but the the main thing is the texture quality, right? I mean, the yep. the demands on next gen games is to have all these high res assets, and VRAM is kind of one of the main like things that that's going to hit, right? Like
1: like texture quality yep. and one thousand percent. That's usually the single biggest, you know, VRAM hit that you can turn on in a game is texture quality. and and
0: so does that mean if if they're if they're trying to hit the console because usually consoles like the 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 min spec right you know most of the developers are are aiming towards console and then they they add the pc and if if the console has more that to play with then they're just like oh sweet you know you got the demand of the people for more high res assets we have the the consoles that have more vram it's a different configuration because it's shared or whatever uh but yeah, it's 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 weird. It's weird.
1: The interesting part about this conversation to me is that it's largely in an NVIDIA conversation. Okay. Uh, AMD is just throwing memory at its graphics cards, so it's behaving much better with these ports. Intel, even though that uh, Arc seven A seven seventy is only three hundred fifty bucks, they still put sixteen gigabytes of RAM on it, so that handles it pretty well too. It's largely an NVIDIA situation. NVIDIA is the one, given the thirty eighty ten 10 gigabytes, given the step-down, one's 8 gigabytes, Uh, and it stinks because NVIDIA is the one pushing ray tracing, and ray tracing, when you flip that on, that uses a couple more gigs of memory in a lot of games, so it, like, exacerbates Yeah, Yeah. I'm I'm glad
2: you brought that up. I wanted to come in here and ask if, A, if it was a fair assessment that this is mostly NVIDIA being conservative on this stuff, which it sounds like it is. B, do you have any idea why? I mean, is this just a cost-saving, like, bill of materials kind of thing? The the internet
0: would say planned obsolescence. Yes, that's
2: that's exactly the
1: the (laughs) fact.
2: If you want to get into conspiracy theories, it's because they want you to upgrade every two years. But I'm, I'm curious what you guys think actually drove those design decisions.
1: I saw the planned obsolescence bit. I disagree with that, but I do have a different conspiracy theory of my own. <laughs> oh, live, uh, live here on the podcast. All right. <laughs> Nvidia graphics cards are very popular with machine learning data sets and content creators. And those are largely VRAM capacity limited in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. So I would not be surprised if Nvidia is choosing to equip his graphics cards with these levels of VRAM. So that people who do need the higher capacities opt for the pricier, what used to be Quadro class cards.
2: Yes, but that is extremely an Nvidia thing, going back 20 years, right? Of you know, hmm. I I still yeah. remember the days of like people hacking their drivers to fool the card into thinking yeah. it's a Quadro.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that that would be my guess. Uh, who knows? But that makes sense to me. Yeah, we've had I think eight straight years now, three or four generations of eight gigabytes on the 70 class card. So.
0: Yeah, well, and then which I mean, but bus size plays a a difference in that as well, right? It's
1: not just the capacity of the RAM. It's also like the, the bus width. They're both important in different ways. Capacity is a hard set. Like, if it's trying to use 9 gigabytes of capacity and you only have 8, it's going to freak regardless of how fast it is. But faster, like, the bus widths can make a difference to memory performance as long as you're within capacity especially.
0: Yeah, it was interesting. That was one of those things that, that actually popped up in our testing between those, those three $280 GPUs was that the the Intel card with the wider bus width was able to handle VRAM limited capable or like when it hit when it would hit the the vram uh the the frame rate wouldn't drop as much as the other cards which was very interesting to to see like oh okay it was able to handle a vram limited
1: situation better um yeah think of it i always like to think of it like a highway like if you have a hundred cards on a three-lane highway everything would be going smooth no problem etc etc but if you shrink that down to a dirt road then you're going to get traffic (laughs)
0: Uh, so I, I guess then for for the future talk, do you do you think? I mean, because we have we we don't know, but obviously there's there's still lower cards to be announced uh, for the uh, Nvidia side. Well, e- everybody has lower cards to to still get announced. AMD's probably going to continue this trend with higher VRAM than Nvidia. But w- what do we foresee? Like a 40, 40, 50, 40, 60 like if they still come out with eight gigabit a gigabyte VRAM, like. Do you think it's
1: just like, whoa, that's not cool? Like, what do you think? Uh, It's going to depend on the price. Like, it really depends on the price and target audience. Yeah, to me, these days, eight gigabytes is a 1080p card. And with the way prices have been going up, if they put out a 4060 at 450 bucks or 500 bucks with eight gigs of RAM and expect it to be for 1080p, like, that's a hard sell. (laughs) That's a real hard sell. Well, but you you got DLSS, just turn DLSS on and it fixes it. DLSS is amazing, but it doesn't fix that.
2: (laughs) It really, really seems like a place that, excuse me, that AMD can help differentiate their stuff, right? I mean, like NVIDIA's got, you know, they've got NVIDIA's got better ray tracing performance. They've got like broadcast and all the machine learning stuff. Like they've got a bunch of sort of nice to have platform features, but I feel like especially as this narrative catches on of more VRAM is better and less is terrible, like, mm -hmm. People who are in this enthusiast space are going to look at that and go like, okay, like ray tracing is cool, but it's not there yet. Broadcast is cool, but I can live without it. These guys have double the RAM on this card. Yeah. I'm going to go for the one that's going to last me longer and and lead to less stuttering and stuff.
0: I mean, but but for for sub three hundred and fifty dollars right now, AMD has the same VRAM capacities as as the you know thirty fifty thirty sixty. Sure. So yeah, like they're they're they are they they do not even like come out of the gate on the low end with okay. with more RAM so I think and and I think that's where where people are hurting the most uh, I'm
1: I'm curious to see what these new cards whenever they wind up coming out one cost but to what memory they do wind up all getting especially on the AMD side because we got to remember that the last generation with all these eight gigs and various memory configurations were in the midst of a super bad supply crunch for memory chips for everything so they dealt with what they had and now that we're largely past that, although there's still turbulence going on, uh, I think the next generation and how they're kitted out is going to be key to knowing how to play this. Hmm.
0: Then I, I guess uh, I, I think I think we're all probably the the people in our in our friends and family circle that ask us about uh, recommendations for <laughs> for building PC hardware. Uh, so so at at this point, if somebody had less money to play with say somewhere around you know 250 to 270 and they're like hey you know i saw this new pc world video which you should go watch uh you know and i, and I was looking and i was like oh you know the, these cards are, are awesome you, you can pick whichever flavor you want um but maybe it makes more sense to spend 80 more dollars and get get something with with higher vram do you do you think do you think it's worth like that much money at the the low end to be like, Hey, you know what? You really don't want to get a a gig right now. You, you should, you should definitely save
1: up
2: some more pennies. What do you think?
1: I'm I'm curious to hear other Brad's thoughts before (laughs) I jump in.
2: I mean, I, my, my gut instinct was to say, yes, absolutely spend the extra money and double the Ram. But also, you know, if you're at the low end and we're looking at like, I, like I watched the the video you were talking about that you guys put up the, like the a 770, it's not a bad car. Like it's turning in respectable frame rates, but how long is that going to be the case? You know, is it, is it a situation where future proofing the ram isn't really going to matter because you're going to be hitting a performance wall anyway in a couple of years so there is definitely some kind of push and pull there i think
1: i a thousand percent agree with you <laughs> that's something i was going to say for me personally if someone's like hey i got 250 300 bucks i'm going to say exactly what other brad just said uh i'm also going to say like is it if you're spending 250 bucks tacking an extra 80 bucks on top of that it's a lot more money if you only have 250 bucks to spend uh and honestly like I said earlier turn the graphic settings down to high if you need to turn one or two settings down to medium turn on DLSS or radio super resolution FSR 2 whatever you can like I I would not overextend myself just to pick up more VRAM at the low end if I was buying a high-end card like I would probably avoid buying a thirty eighty right now unless it's on super discount. Uh, but at the the mainstream end, uh, eight gigabytes is what I'd be shooting for. And if I need to tweak some settings, I need to tweak some settings. That also has been part of the PC experience forever. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, hopefully, hopefully
0: that will change though with uh with the the, the port situation, uh, which I I guess we can move on to to ports. <laughs> so. That's, that's the reason, one of the reasons why we're talking about this is that, like, there has been a smattering of bad PC ports, which has been weird, because I feel like PC ports have been damn good for the past while, and it's just like, oh, sweet, wow, they're, they're finally giving love to the PC, and then all of a sudden now, all these, all these PC ports are coming out with problems, whether it's optimization, or, you know time or time crunch whatever i mean i think none of us are, are developers so we we don't know exact details on on what it takes to to make a game mm. but at the same time it hurts my heart to see bad pc ports as as a, a big fan of the pc <laughs> like like yeah. wh- wh- why do you why do you why do you guys think this is happening brad shoemaker you, you're maybe a, l- a little more tuned in with with developers yeah i mean i kind
2: of copped my, to my ignorance a little bit last time we talked about this. I wish I wish I had a slightly more confident answer now, but I mean, you know, I, I just have always assumed it's just a combination of, you know, on the console side, you've got a fixed hardware target. So you're debugging against one platform versus infinite variation on the PC side. I'm sure there's just some kind of market analysis of, I'm making up numbers here. We're gonna sell 75% on consoles, 25% on PC. So that's probably maybe dictating some of the effort that's being put into this stuff. Um, but that, that, I, that I, hasn't with... changed
0: recently, though. Like, I, I feel like, yeah, yeah. you know, like that's always been the case, and we've we've had damn good PC ports for for such a, a while. But it's, it, it feels like lately,
2: is it is it rude to blame Sony for buying Nixus and kind of taking them in house because? <laughs> Uh, th- they're obviously not the only good porthouse out there like yeah they the anyway, one of so. the best though but yeah like, like <laughs> taking taking nixus off the market for everybody else to avail themselves of kind of a bummer.
0: they're not bulletproof either though like the like the, yeah the when, when the original horizons you were done launched and they worked on that one like that that definitely had some problems sure. out of the gate
2: sure sure <laughs> so. um I, I i you guys might know better than me i thought i read that naughty dog largely did the last of us port in a house on this one it it was them them and
1: iron and galaxy them working together okay so iron galaxy is kind of notorious on the pc space because they did batman arkham asylum which was so bad it got delisted from steam and refunds issued across yeah they've done other better stuff since then to be fair who knows what happens behind the scenes but it's clear that enough attention was not given to this particular port i think they were trying to rush things to capitalize on the success of that tv show uh,
0: the, yeah, yeah I, the I, show. I, that that one feels particularly like a timing thing mm. like hey i don't care how on flames it is it needs to come out because the show just wrapped up <laughs> so <laughs> yeah I, like I, i'm sure every and i'm sure you know who knows if that's the case i'm sure everybody who had worked on it was just like we need more time and they're like well you can't have more time we are like but it's all right all right well we do what we can <laughs> so yeah you know uh, and we, we won't know uh, about that but i feel yeah. like in in the other cases though uh especially resident evil 4 remake resident evil like the 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 two remake eight all those were actually pretty damn good ports coming out of the bat for the most part but for some reason this one has stumbled a little bit and i I don't know how much you've you've you guys have looked into it i've I've seen some of the testing on on other channels but have have you looked into any of the the resident evil 4 stuff
2: i I watched the digital foundry uh video that you sent me on the issues with this port and and yeah it seems Fairly dire, and I, I wish I had a good answer for that. I'm not entirely sure why, because it's the same engine, right? It's still the RE engine. Yeah. I mean, obviously, things change between games, but it's it seems it seems kind of conspicuous after they've been doing quite well for so long.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it ties back to what we were saying earlier. I think the Resident Evil Four port is PS5 native, whereas those other ones were PS4 PC kind of. So they're starting from a higher position this time around. Hmm. I think it's kind of interesting. I sat here and I made a list of some of the games that have been suffering from these issues recently. Mm. Oh, and well, thank you. The Last of Us, Resident Evil 4, Dead Space Remake, Forspoken. Wow. Uh, those are all PlayStation primary on the consoles. So I think it might speak to, you know, Sony is new to getting into porting a bunch of this stuff over. much a lot of these are from third party developers. Uh, but still, you know, they're, targeting they're grappling with yeah, PlayStation 5. So there might be something new with the way that it handles like its own super fast decompression systems and stuff like that. Something just doesn't translate well to the PC. They need to work on it. Uh, oh, oh, sorry,
2: that, that's, that's that's a really good point. I mean, you know, they, they use their own internal graphics libraries on PS5 for PlayStation development, right? Yeah. So it's not even, if that's the lead platform on console, then, you know, they're not already starting from a DirectX base that they might have an easier time porting over. I mean, obviously Xbox versions are happening at the same time, but... If the PlayStation version is is getting the lion's share of the attention, then that probably makes the port bumpier.
1: Yeah, and it's something I never even thought about until this morning when I made this list and I sat here looking at it like, oh, those are all kind of PlayStation titles. So that makes sense. Another thing that jumped out at me looking at the list. I don't know if they saw the memory issues coming, but I find it interesting that Resident Evil 4, The Last of Us, Dead Space and Forspoken are all AMD Radeon promoted titles on the PC. So I wouldn't huh. be surprised if they knew that it was going to have heavy memory requirements considering all that memory that Radeon's throwing on his cards. Oh, that also popped out to me this morning. Wow, okay. Yeah. yeah, I didn't put that together either. I don't think they're intentionally harming performance. Nothing like that. Don't hear what I'm not saying here. I just think it's an interesting observation. <laughs> hmm, hmm.
0: Conspiracy, another conspiracy. I, li- I like it. <laughs> yeah.
3: I should have brought my tinfoil
1: atoms yeah. yeah. on the today. Dang, you're bring all the hot takes.
0: I like it. <laughs> uh yeah, it well and it, it's interesting because each one of them have had different problems, right? Uh I my 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 gaming rig, which is is, is pretty high end. Uh I actually haven't had that many problems on my, my gaming rig. With Resident Evil remake, I think because a lot of it I can just brute force past. I've I've seen the problems on the Steam Deck because uh, obviously I can't brute force past on that on that one. But even uh, I, I sent you a photo, uh, Brad Charcus, uh when when I loaded up The Last of Us for the first time. Oh, yeah all of a sudden my fans just went to a hundred percent and I was like what the hell and then I I looked over at task manager and it was just like CPU utilization hundred percent and it those shaders compiling compiled for a while and I was just like how long is this gonna happen and I was like you can't even brute force past that
1: that just seems you know <laughs> like a problem no matter what yeah I uh, yeah shaders are compiling shaders are a whole another problem that hopefully UE5 fixes that a bit it's a UE4 problem uh but i agree i saw a tweet from alex Battaglia from digital foundry saying hey you know this is just a bad port uh don't take this to mean wider pictures this is just they dropped the ball here somehow so it is important to be talking about all this stuff but it also is important to keep in mind that there are also just times when games come out bad
0: (laughs) yeah well uh, here's a good question brad uh maker i know i mean for your job you kind of need to play stuff early and but sure. yet but also which has helped you see like within those last couple couple weeks like sometimes the patches come in hot and you're just like oh wow this completely changes the performance for sure <laughs> of, of, of yeah. a game like it like what, what is what is the feeling of that of being like hey the general consumer when it when it hits when it launches and it launches kind of busted it's like, or you know, people are like, "What is broken?" You know, this way and that. But you're probably seeing that more often beforehand already. And then sometimes that day one patch fixes things or it doesn't. Like, do, like what 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 is that experience like?
2: It it really varies by game. Um, still happens sometimes. Plenty of games you get your hands on them a couple of weeks early and they're totally fine or or nothing nothing egregious. You know, sometimes you get the review copy with a list of, "Hey, here's what the day one patch is going to address," or like. That's even become gradated now where it'll be like, hey, there's a, they they don't use the term day minus one patch, but that's essentially what it is. It's like, hey, a patch is due in three days. That's going to fix these things. There will be a day zero patch. There will be a launch day patch. You know, it's like when they know things are coming in pretty hot, they will be pretty upfront or they, in the best cases, they will be upfront and say, hey, we know these are problems. These are getting fixed. You still have to like kind of verify that they got fixed though and not just put your faith in. Some patch notes that may or may not be implemented but um definitely yeah. seen some some egregious examples over the years of games coming in super busted uh prior to launch well and and m- mostly getting fixed up but. and i know i know you
0: don't do a next you don't do traditional reviews anymore uh but like how, how would you back in the day you did do reviews how, how much did you have to weigh that on like just just hoping and praying <laughs> or, or yeah. did you always go in and, and be like hey you know what they're promising a, a, a day one patch uh that they're gonna fix it
2: yeah i mean that, that's honestly it's never been easier because now games at least can be updated dynamically so you can just wake up three days before the review is going to run and see like oh that did get fixed you know i mean to, um, yeah. to really date myself here back you know 20 years ago reviewing ps2 games that were on a burned dvd that came in the mail on a debug ps2 you know it's like i don't know what this is going to look like like hopefully they'll get us a retail copy before this comes out so we can check against the shipping product but That was way more a situation of just like, you know, you would hold reviews a lot more in extreme situations then, you know, we would be like, this thing seems broken, but we have not played a retail copy, so we've got to like wait until we can either get it from them or buy it ourselves and verify whether this is still a problem or not. Um, I'm trying to think like if you want examples. I. I feel bad kicking Mass Effect Andromeda around these days, but I think that is probably still the maybe the most like pre-release broken situation I've ever seen in a AAA game. And it mostly got fixed up over a period of weeks after it came out. But um, yeah,
1: I I, I sometimes get a different early access code for either reviews or tech tested. Uh, And whenever things come in super busted, they usually stay super busted. There's only so much stuff you can fix by day one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and then on, on the flip side,
0: I guess in the, you know, old school traditional review, it was like, okay, well we're reviewing it, you know, either on, on launch day or on embargo, uh, or maybe a little bit afterward. Uh, Traditionally, they don't go back and re-review things like, "Hey, okay, you know what?" Like, like, like a good example is Dead Space, right? I mean, it had that shader compilation problem, which was very serious. A lot of the reviews came out and hit it, but I mean, I I haven't personally seen anybody come out and and re-review it after a lot of this has been ironed out because a lot of it has been ironed out. But like, like, we're is, is that a problem for the consumer <laughs> to to be like, "Oh, if I need to go back and and read." You know say like oh dead, dead space is now 20 dollars. do i want to get it let's go back and look at the reviews oh the reviews are saying it's busted
2: i mean it seems like you know you folks and like the digital foundries of the world there's this whole kind of cottage industry has risen to meet that need right or that demand. you know is because you know again kind of dating myself here but back in the day we were working on like basically a magazine model you know of we're going to write the review it's going to be set in stone that's going to be our final word on this product moving on and like that's so not the world we live in anymore or even lived in as of like 15 years ago. So like there's obviously there's like very thriving, whole new style of coverage, right? Of like, here's our tech analysis of patch 1.08, you know, that kind of stuff. Like it seems it seems like that information is available if if you want that and a fair number of people do. Are we yeah. even doing
1: it with hardware reviews now. Uh, yeah, the other arc, Yeah, doing yeah, doing arc drivers launched terribly. So we were doing a monthly review of that.
2: Yeah. I but... was oh, sorry in, in that, in that, uh, the kind of low end graphics comparison that you posted, it seemed it almost, I, I would have to go back and look at the benchmarks again. It seemed like the arc was coming out ahead as often as not, but the recommendation was still AMD. And it seemed like that was largely based on like driver stability. Is that? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it's, it, it's so, and, and actually just a, a peek behind the curtain. Keith right now is working on a, a six month re review kind of like, hey, here's where, here's, you know, Where it started here's where it is right now and kind of wrapping up that series because i i I think a lot of it is you know just kind of minor now to a certain degree uh and yeah what what he's seeing right now is like like hey things have gotten better it it, a lot of things have launched uh in a in a real real bad spot but they have continued to work on it uh and it is it is better but it's still i mean this is a first generation product there's still a lot more to be done there's still a ton that they're learning I mean we had uh um uh Tom Peterson from Intel on the podcast I, I don't know like a month or two ago and I mean he he he's very uh, open about like hey you know we, we have more more crap to do uh, especially dx11 we've got a uh, you know just other optimizations to work on so I feel like it's so it's still coming out so fast and so like, like a moving target that a lot of it's just like eh, you know what if you're if you're somebody who likes to tinker then sure it's it's a good card go go for it you know and maybe somebody who's a little bit more general enthusiast okay you could probably most most of the part just be just fine but really you know AMD is like those those are locked it's a known quantity they have good features you know like it's just it's just easier to recommend for the most part so it's not that arc doesn't get a recommendation it's more like the the easy short answer is you're probably not going to hurt with the amd card and the amd card definitely still has a lot of a lot of wins compared to the Arc card uh at that price point at that specific one but yeah uh back to the review stuff though i i guess maybe uh you know just to get off a, a little bit on, on how you guys do things over at nextlander cuz you, you don't do any traditional reviews is that part of the reason why you cover games the way you cover is because you don't want to get into that that you know that cycle of like okay here here's the review and and on to the next thing we're never going to look at it again
2: or what yeah I, <clears throat> I think i know as much as anything it's just a function of resources you know we're kind of mm. kind of diversified all over the place now we've got a movie podcast <laughs> we've just got a podcast where we shoot the bull and stuff so it's <laughs> it's It's more of just a shift in focus, I think, for us, as we've kind of spread more broadly rather than focusing down on games coverage quite as hard as we used to. Um, But even outside of us, you know, I feel like, obviously, plenty of outlets still doing traditional written reviews, and they still seem quite popular. But there definitely have been questions over time of just like, is there still an appetite for this sort of coverage in like a very influencer-driven world now? You know, do people still want to read reviews? Are they worth the amount of just just straight up hours that go into them that kind of thing so
1: some people underestimate how much work goes into a video game review I think yeah. people who have never done one don't understand like you got to go play that 40 hour game before you sit down to write yep so and whether
2: it's good or not yep <laughs> yeah Yep. and often they are not we're not we're not terrible but not good enough that hey I'm gonna give up my whole weekend to play this game that's just kind of okay right yeah yeah. Um, yeah. I I definitely I had a lot of envy for movie reviewers over the years. Just the
1: idea <laughs> I th- I th- of
2: two hours, a two hour commitment to to consume the thing you're reviewing. I was like, man, that
1: sounds so nice. I think you guys are in a pretty rad place, Nextlander. You guys got, you know, people know who you are, and you have built over the years, you know, a reputation. And so people know what you like, what you don't like, if they like you. And so they go okay. I don't need a full review for Edge Maker. I can just go see what he thinks the general idea of this is, and then I will right. get the vibe off of that. And yeah. if I need to go digging deep into, hey, what sort of anti-aliasing details, what are the difficulty settings, you can go read IGN or whatever. Yes. Yep.
0: So to, to to wrap up the the PC port stuff, uh, do you feel like do you feel like people who are not into PC gaming and are either strict console gaming or maybe maybe thought about PC gaming are held back? and like being like, oh, wow, I've heard PC ports can be real bad, so you know what? I'm just going to stick with console. Is, is that a thing?
2: I definitely think, yes. They're absolutely, definitely just a, a huge, probably, segment of the market that absolutely just wants to plug in a box and press a button and go. Um, you, I mean, you even kind of see that in the PC space where there, there's, there's kind of a middle segment there of people who like playing stuff on PCs but don't want to think about what's in the box anymore, and obviously there's plenty of of system integrators or builders, you know, selling pre-built machines to those people. Obviously, they still got to deal with driver stuff once they've got it home and everything. But I, I think there's kind of a whole there's a whole spectrum of people with like varying tolerance for tech problems and and fiddling and that, and that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely annoying sometimes. Like uh, speaking of these bad PC words, Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, I'm testing the Xenion Flex. Actually, just but it's a big 45-inch widescreen OLED, like a ridiculous monitor. And I'm like, I'm gonna play Hogwarts Legacy on this thing, uh, and it will not run on my system. It will run for 30 minutes, then crash hard every time. Uh, I'm playing on a 3080 Ti, so I think that's 16 gigabytes. Uh, and at first, it was running out of memory, even fully patched and everything. And now I managed to get that figured out by dropping settings and turn it on dlss and stuff like that but now it just crashes every 30 minutes whereas i just bought an xbox one s for 150 bucks a couple weeks ago through verizon and if i turn on hogwarts legacy and that it just works and that has a lot of appeal unfortunately
0: Mm. (laughs) yeah uh the 38ti has 12 gigs of vram but still it's yeah uh that's fine but the
1: yeah Just something that popped into my head and I want to say before it goes away is I find it very ironic that so many of these recent bad PC ports are those PlayStation native titles. When as part of the Activision Blizzard lawsuit in the UK, uh, Sony said, but what if Microsoft starts doing bad ports to the PlayStation? (laughs) So there's a bit of irony in all this here. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so
3: we got a five dollar super chat from of the show vc gesture Ooh. hello hello. uh to saying you know 20 years ago uh they had uh port uh port they had to port pc games o- over the console so i'm actually like and, and us uh, uh, you know it's funny that you mentioned that because i recently saw uh the movie tetris on apple tv plus <laughs> and i just realized it's it was a, a pc game originally and then they ported it over to nintendo and i find that interesting how how that that shifted like it was a pc game over the port uh over over the console and then now years later you know decades later with console kind of was dominating the market now everything's shifting back from console to pc so interesting to
0: see that that shift is, yeah, that is definitely a funny. I, I I forgot that that Tetris movie
1: was out. Yeah, yeah was it good?
3: Really good. I like I like it. Oh, I like yeah. it.
0: Okay, <laughs> interesting.
1: I don't care what it started on. Tetris is a Game Boy game. Exactly. It's <laughs> <Right. yes. laughs> It started as can,
2: handheld.
0: Yes, I can respect that. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is the 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 best and last version. <clears throat> um. Okay. Um. Yeah. Bad piece reports. I mean, I, I I hope I hope things get better in this space. <laughs> You know, and and maybe it's just a function too of uh, of this this weird work from home uh, you know pandemic environment that d- developers have had to work in. Because I think a lot of these, I mean, we're in in that two year window that that a lot of games are still <laughs> trying to trying to be optimized. So
2: yeah, I I try to cut some slack for that. Or I try to keep that stuff in mind. I mean, you know, it's not a great excuse because nobody on the consumer end who spends a bunch of money on something only to find it doesn't work right wants to hear, oh, it's been hard to make this stuff, but it has been hard to make stuff, right? Like, I I feel like, I feel like everything is just kind of maybe slightly less polished than it was before all that started. So hopefully we're just going to come out of that sooner than later. Yeah,
1: hopefully. Um... And, and until then, just to bring both of these talks back together, I would definitely try for a 12 or 16 gigabyte card if you mm. can't. But uh, the vast majority of games will still work just fine on eight gigabytes, I wouldn't go below eight gigabytes. We can help it at this time. Oh, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Um. OK, can I I'm oh, sorry, yeah, can I ask please.
2: Brad one more quick question? Do you sure. are, are there any games that come to mind? If you think about PC games that are good showpieces for tech that are not console first, like it's just kind of a thing of the past, you know, like crisis was so long ago, like they're just obviously there aren't a lot of games being made with PC first or as a PC first kind of game. Like, is there anything even, even uh-huh. in the indie space that you can think of, that's just like, hey, this was totally made for PCs and is a PC there showcase.
1: Are, there are some that were more tech demos than anything else. Uh, the ones that I would immediately think of, I guess, would be Metro Exodus Enhanced Edition, which was, you know, you needed an NVIDIA graphics card to run it, basically. Uh, and it looked amazing. It was worth it. And uh, the game we're about to talk about. Oh, actually, <laughs> there's a couple from, uh, from the... Uh... From the chat,
0: uh, Dion mentions uh, Star Citizen. Okay. Uh, sure. is, is one of them. Uh, and then uh friend of the show, Ruru2 says uh, Flight Sim. Flight Sim okay. 2020. Or, mm, yes, uh, that's, yeah. Yes. That's a good call.
1: What, what episode are we on? 251? We 251. 251 yeah. Uh, when we did the episode zero pre show testing with Hayden, we used to do reviews for us. Uh, we were already talking about Star Citizen supposed to launch imminently. So I will take that one when I see it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, once again, a tech demo. That's that's more like a, a tech, tech demo you can put a lot of money into. <laughs> uh, yes, but uh, the the other example pe- people are talking about is Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, yeah, and, and we can switch over to that. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last week because uh, both CG Project Red and NVIDIA got together to to have a, a little discussion at, at GDC. Gordon Willis and I were there to to kind of see the um, <clears throat> the talk. And yeah. while a lot of it kind of, oh boy, I mean, it's for <laughs> developers. So I was just like, oh, I don't know what they're talking about. They did show off some stuff and we did an interview. It's on the channel. You can go check it out. A, a, a pretty good interview. Um, but behind the scenes, we were like, hey, can you get us this footage? Hey, can you get us this footage that you showed off? Hey, can you get us this foot? They didn't, we just we had to kind of run with the interview as it is but they finally got the footage out uh as of today uh you can go see the the path traced um it's not a ton of footage but it's a little bit uh of their what what they're dubbing overdrive um so yeah but that that one is definitely going to be a pc showcase uh (laughs) through and through because i I don't think consoles can do anywhere near path tracing right
2: Or well, yeah. at least not in a game like this, you know, maybe in some kind of very like very reduced or something yeah, like something that's like set in one tiny room or something. Yeah. You might yeah. see something like that. Probably not even quick RTX, huh? Yeah, no, oh, definitely well, not. Yeah. So, or yeah. Is 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 this is this the same footage you guys saw at GDC then? You didn't get like a longer like live demo or anything?
0: Uh it, it's the same footage, but we, we we saw a lot more. And they even okay. showed off like actual um game development development tools and things like that, you know, and like like showing where the lighting was coming from and once again, uh, you know, way over my head, but they they showed us a lot, way you know, more the, than that's out there. Uh and I I mean it's it's impressive. I I know there's a lot of people who, who call ray tracing a gimmick or whatever, but every time I I hear devs talk, they're just like, "Oh man, I can't wait for ray tracing to be <laughs> Here because it's uh it's actually a a a thing that's gonna make our lives easier and you know at the at the end result depending on how it's implemented it does look better um so yeah uh brad uh charkis did you get a chance to to watch that footage
1: yeah i watched it right before it just came out today so i got to watch it right before this uh i am hype i am one of the people who like cyberpunk so i'm sad for what it's going to do to my graphics card but (laughs) I'm very interested in seeing Cyberpunk fully path traced, because uh, up until this point, uh, Nvidia has been th- showing off releasing path trace titles, and they've actually been some of the biggest hits in PC gaming. You can turn it on in Minecraft, uh, and I most people don't, but I actually played around with it. And my kids and I play Minecraft all the time, and we like to play a uh, mode hide and seek where we just go and play hide and seek. Oh, that's fun! And with the path tracing on, if you play it at night with light sources going on and stuff like that, it it's beautiful. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Like you can follow people. Oh, I saw that shadow move. I'm going to go over there. Uh, Same with Portal, same with Quake, but those are all obviously older titles. Uh, Cyberpunk has already kind of had a reputation for being the crisis, modern day crisis. Uh, This, I suspect, is fully going to give it that. and I can't wait to try it, can't wait to see it. Even if it runs at 30 frames per second on my uh, 3080 Ti, I want to see it. That's there's, there's a there's, there's a great little bit in this footage they put out. They, they say it's running on a
2: 4090. They didn't say what CPU, but they do a DLSS 3 on and off and off on a 4090. It's getting like 15, 16 frames a second. I think that's at native 4K, but still, I mean, that's crazy. <sighs> Ridiculous.
0: yeah which and they did say in the interview they wouldn't commit to what kind of hardware you need but they definitely were like oh yeah we we recommend uh, 4000 series and we recommend DLSS 3 so I mean it and they also did want to point out hey this is just a, a, a kind of a a test like a preview like a or early look at, at path tracing so expect a lot of bugs and a lot of uh, performance problems <laughs> on that but uh, that
1: little bit in the front with AI, they said it's a GPU intensive game uh, for Nvidia to say that, you know it's going to be. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, so, what did you think of the footage, then, Brad Shoemaker? You weren't you weren't at the talk, uh, so yeah, this is kind of your 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 first footage you're seeing of it.
2: Yeah, it's it's very impressive. I mean, obviously, it's like the way it's cut together; it's a lot of very quick cuts, very short stuff. So it's kind of hard to like really stare at stuff. They did do some nice side by side. Actually, this blog post they put up along with this trailer, I feel like, is kind of ni- a nice little packaged like self-contained little explainer that i could point people to
1: nvidia does awesome blog posts yeah
2: like (laughs) i was i was surprised looking through it i mean there's this like there's this nice flow chart in there about like here here's what the render path looked like in standard rasterized cyberpunk here's what here's what the shipping ray tracing implementation was which is like looking at that it was much more limited than i had realized and then here's like it's actually like a good way to summarize why this is useful for developers because it's like there's like six, six stages of things that have to be all combined together into a frame in the original shipping game. And then you flip over to the slide that's just the full path trace. And it's like, here's the one unified model. Like here's just the one thing, the one algorithm, like the one technique that lights and and shades everything in the scene. So it's like I think, I think especially when there's this, there's this divide between people who are like, ah, oh, the, the performance hits not worth it. I don't see the difference. Like what's the big deal. And then you see developers going like, Oh, it's the future. Like, I can't wait to be working with this stuff. Like that's a good illustration of why people are just excited about it on the development side, you know, because it's such a more, I don't want to say streamlined, it's not easier, but it's a, a more unified focused approach to, to kind of lighting and decorating your game, but <laughs> having to go, you know, doing, doing this for these shadows and this for these reflections and global illumination here and that kind of thing. So yeah, like that, that blog post and, and the, the little title at the beginning of this footage also is just a nice little yeah. explainer for what path tracing is on top of regular ray tracing.
0: Yeah, and actually a lot of the GDC talk was them talking about those those pipelines. Like, hey, here, here are how things implemented. Here's how we did it with this path, path trace version. Here's why it's a big deal kind of thing. Uh, and I mean, to those kind of things like, oh, okay, well, that yeah, I mean, even from somebody who's not a developer like me, that that makes sense. Like, if you can do more with less time, then, you know, of course, people are going to do it. I mean, that's why everybody's using AI, right? Uh, (laughs) To a certain degree. And obviously, I mean, a lot of it was, oh, hey, you know, we had a team of NVIDIA engineers literally working with us to implement it. So, I mean, that, that was, you know, the other end of it of like, oh, look how awesome it was to use NVIDIA's tools. So that was that. But I mean, regardless of NVIDIA's tools or not, I mean, ray tracing, path tracing, all that kind of stuff, in game development, I feel like game developers
1: are just like, oh, yeah, I, I can't wait. <laughs> I
2: think another have another oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: I was just going to say I have not talked to a single game developer about ray tracing, and I've talked to a lot of them who are not hype about ray tracing or everything you just mentioned. Yeah, what are you saying, Brad? I'm sorry.
2: Oh, no, oh, no, no worries. There's like another another point they made in this that I think is really illustrative of why I am excited about ray tracing, is they point out in here, with this technique, you can have a virtually unlimited number of lights and emissive surfaces versus, you know, more traditional methods. Like you're really having to look at your performance budget and see, okay, which of these light sources do I, cause you know, you're faking everything and you, you wanna say like, okay, these are the flashiest things, the most attention getting things in the scene. So that's what we're gonna put most of our performance budget into things off to the side just don't do anything. You know, it's like these headlights on this car or this street light is just going to not cast shadows the way that these other flashier things are. And that's actually kind of the thing that makes me the most excited about ray tracing is not what it does for really flashy stuff, but what it does for the mundane for like yes. stuff off to the side. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, literally everything now in the game world is all behaving the same. So you're getting way more like naturalistic, dramatic looking shadowing in corners, you know, like places, places that would not have gotten that attention with limited developer resources and performance budget. Like everything just works the same now. So like everything gets cool stuff, right?
1: And I think uh, that video they put out showing overdrive mode does a really good job of showing that, especially there's like one that's like a pile of newspapers or a pallet or something like that that shows it with ray tracing off and then with ray tracing on and it looks totally different. Like it looks like it's supposed to now as opposed to being just a piece of extra thing in a corner that's just there for set dressing. Now it feels like part of the world. Right. So
2: I, I saw an interesting exchange on a forum that I was reading about this footage this morning. Somebody saying, like, I feel like the non ray traced footage looks sharper. And so it's better. And then people were like, well, all of our brains have been trained to see these really hard, sh- hard sharp shadow lines and think those are good graphics. But like with this technique, you're getting more diffuse, like soft shadowing mm-hmm. like you would in the real world. <laughs> and everybody's going to have to like recalibrate what they're looking at right and go like oh okay that's oh that's that's how light actually behaves when the shadow like falls off over distance and stuff
0: i mean it's it's a good point it's like it it, it, a lot of the the traditional methods to to do lighting look like a video game you look at it and you're like oh that's like it looks like a video game and then if if you swap out the the real footage you're like Oh, That just kind of looks boring. I was like, well, that's because it's more real life. It's not a video. Yeah (laughs) That's exactly how I
2: thought about it for a long time Is like some of it is going to look boring because large parts of real life also look boring or or you know just like Not flashy mundane or whatever, but
0: I mean, I think it's the contrast in the scene, too, especially like, you know uh, Early on when digital foundry would be like hey, you know uh, Here's this dark corner and you can see this this one object uh, is being lit by some source that doesn't exist right, you know, and so visually i'm I'm just thinking as a visual you know photographer video person like you you have more of a crisp outline you got a little bit more contrast between the the object in focus and, and what's behind you so i can see that being like oh well actually it's nice because i can see the object better whereas with ray tracing oh it's it, it just looks like it's back in the shadows uh, and i can't really see it so I, i've been i I have been and i've had talks on on discord so thanks everybody for <laughs> chatting with me over there on this but I, I have really tried to dig into why people are thinking you know call it a gimmick or just don't don't see it or they don't like it or anything like that and and i totally understand i mean a good example is uh, the nintendo switch is nowhere near anywhere being ready to <laughs> do any sort of ray tracing right But there's so many people playing games and they're just having fun playing games at the end of the day they don't care that it's it's ray traced or not they're just playing games and having fun uh versus us over here being like oh man we got to have a a 4090 and and to use this thing and it it brings it to to its knees (laughs) so
2: yeah yeah for sure i mean i've always felt like the guiding principle of mass market adoption of technology has always basically been like good enough is good enough you know like the thing the thing that wins out on price or whatever value proposition or you know x y and z other factors is always going to win over the thing that is technically the best but is too expensive or hard to get your hands on or too hard to use or whatever so yeah you're you're totally right about that
0: well and uh, but one thing that still has eluded me is that back in the day like a crisis it, it would bring systems to its knees but everyone was like oh man this is awesome i can't wait till i have a rig that can play crisis But now when you look at ray tracing and it's bringing a system to its knees i feel like a lot of the discourse is like oh it's a gimmick i don't even like it turn it off how how dare they bring my that system to my knees like why do you think there's that change I, i haven't been able to see too much
2: there's definitely more of a kind of frame rate culture than there used to be you know with the rise of high refresh monitors and stuff like that a lot of people are just way more hypersensitive about performance over everything than they used to be and you know esports also feeds into that um The other thing is we've just gotten so good at faking it you know like all these other raster techniques have gotten so good at looking good and being performant at the same time that you know a lot of people look at side by sides and go like okay sure that looks fine but what we already have looks amazing and runs at twice the frame rate why would i switch
1: right so one thousand percent that's what i think yeah like when crisis came out like nothing looked like crisis uh pardon me uh cyberpunk with ray tracing psycho on not even this overdrive mode that's about to come out or metro exodus enhanced edition which is all global illuminations totally changed the feel of the game looked amazing but uh flipping that on it doesn't feel like you're getting enough of a visual difference to have the frame rate and I think that's why people say it's a gimmick
0: but I mean it's definitely the implementation right like I I actually I actually uh, didn't like the uh, reflections and control like I didn't think it was worth it and I and, and a lot of people I've talked to in discord is like hey when it's reflections they don't like it it doesn't look even natural yeah sure you're seeing more but it, it's just not naturally implemented where something like global illumination more people are like oh, okay you know what global illumination I mean makes a big difference so I, I think it's the implementation it's 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 how it's used it's the performance cost that, that's gonna be on top of it so it's a lot of things but yeah, I for I don't know, and maybe this is being around Gordon for too much, but Gordon's always just you know like bleeding edge, you know how how fast does it go, how much hardware can you throw at it? Oh my God, it breaks! Look, this you know this it broke brought the system down to its knees. Like, isn't that awesome? You know, kind of thing. Like, just the the pure like enthusiast kind of in him has has probably rubbed off
1: on me. We'll get there. Much, we'll but. get there. It, it used to be the same with uh, anti aliasing and a bunch of other things, like when that stuff first came out, it was a huge performance hit. And, you know, over time, each generation, they have better hardware there to deal with it, better software implementation to deal with it. It gets better. It'll be the same deal here. We're still at the beginning steps. That being said, I am absolutely thrilled that they are putting out this path trace mode, overdrive mode. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if NVIDIA fully funded it or majority funded it because they're clearly using this to show off ray tracing and DLSS. And I absolutely don't think this will work without DLSS frame gen specifically. Uh, but I love it because uh, CD Projekt Red has always been a very graphics focused PC first developer. If you look back at Witcher, if you look back at Witcher 2, like they were always cutting edge. They would bring your systems to their knees. Witcher 3 obviously is one of the most beautiful games still. Uh, but they're moving off their red engine, which is powered. All this stuff they're getting off of that and going to UE five. So for them to be like, yeah, you know, our red engine powered, all these beautiful games, here's path tracing at the end, mic drop. See ya. We're going to UE five. I just kinda like it as the swan song for that.
2: <laughs> yeah, hey, you're, you're, you're definitely right about this kind of serving multiple goals on NVIDIA's part. They, they mentioned in this blog post, this was made with, I'm trying to find the name. Uh, they are essentially they're releasing a new SDK along with this, uh, Nvidia RTX Direct Illumination or RTX DI. Um, so yeah, they've they've got technology behind this that they are kind of using this as a as a vehicle for.
1: And, and so hear once... me out, something I've been asking for ever. I was in Cologne, Germany, when they first announced the 2000 series, so I got to see the first ever Battlefield demos, all that stuff. And from the second I laid my eyes on that, the day it was announced, what I want from a ray trace game. It's just thief. I want thief in ray tracing, oh, yeah. a stealth game. And totally. this is somebody implement this direct illumination SDK and make me a stealth game in ray tracing, please.
2: Uh, yeah, man, jeez. You're, you're, yeah, you're taking me back to like the first Splinter Cell. You know, it's like oh, yeah. able to shoot out a light bulb to make the room dark was so mind blowing. Yeah, man. They, wow. They, there we they go.
1: Need to do that for sure. Nvidia, if you're listening, uh, can we please have RTX Splinter Cell Chaos Theory? That's all I want. That's all, all I want or, or <laughs> rtx thief yeah
0: <laughs> i like it i like it um yeah so uh i think they said uh ooh, april 27 11 11 11 yeah next week yeah cool today uh, and it's it's a free thing if you already own it you'll be you'll be able to to check it out i actually don't know how it's going to be implemented to, did they say in the the blog post if if it's just like a toggle you're putting off in the in the settings or is it a different executable or?
2: Um, I don't think they mentioned how that's gonna work, or I haven't seen anything in here. Yeah, because they didn't that. say that at the GDC presentation
1: either. I wouldn't be surprised if it's just right now the ray trace options. They have the presets, uh, you know, medium, low, high. They have a ultra. They have a psycho. I wouldn't be surprised if there's just overdrive at
0: overdrive. No, oh.
1: but yeah depending on how they implemented this it could really bring graphics cards to their knees and i am excited for it in a way that i'm not excited for the way that the last of us is doing
0: (laughs) exactly Yeah. yeah uh all right well yeah look look forward to it and once again i i actually have been enjoying people's thoughts on ray tracing and path tracing and like you know what what they like, what they don't. So get over on our Discord uh, for for damn sure because it's we have good discussions over there. We we got some good people. Right. Uh, speaking of what else you can do over on Discord, uh, we have q and A, uh, a Q&A section that you can uh, you can drop a little questions in there at any time. Uh, but if if you're watching or listening to this right now uh, in the chat, uh, hit at PC World because it's kind of a little bit easier for us to see the uh, the the question as it comes in. But I'm gonna get to some uh that actually pertain to our earlier discussion i I, I, f- I forgot to bring it up uh here um but uh front of the show Well, uh, you know what let's, let's start with the friend of the show vc jester uh with so many claims that um with so many claims that eight gigabyte is just fine at 1080p who who all needs to eat their words now that the last of us wants more than eight gigabytes at 1080p ultra sony <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, uh, the, kind of piggybacking off that one, a friend of the show, MCS asked, uh, how do we define good enough for gaming? Uh, which I thought is an interesting way to put it. Uh, is 1080p Ultra the standard for gaming? Recommended hardware is usually a spec around 1080p60 and medium settings, you know, when a developer puts out recommended stuff. Uh, is there an 8-gigabyte GPU in the last two generations that you would consider 1080p Ultra compatible with 8 gigabytes of VRAM? So multiple questions in there. Generally, how do you define good enough for gaming? What, what, what is what is it? How, how does everybody like to play here? I guess is a good way to start off. <laughs> like what, like, what's your personal gaming oh, setup?
2: Personal opinion on yeah, good yeah. enough. Yeah.
0: For first, um, we'll, we'll we'll start on on that. Oh, okay.
2: Interesting. Um. Well, I'm on, I'm on a 1440p screen. I mean, I have I have a I have a 10 year old 1080p plasma in the living room. It still looks fine. I'm not.
0: Oh, your TV's 1080p. oh yes, Okay. Yes. Wow. I'm still. 720.
2: I nice. Mean, nice. <laughs> your TV thing till the the wheel falls, wheels fall off. Wow. Um, (laughs) Yeah. In, in here on, on my PC, I'm on 1440 P, but like I'm, I'm as much as I love retracing and other advanced graphical (laughs) stuff, I'm definitely still a kind of frame rate trumps everything at the end of the day when I really want to place, I mean, I'm, I'm the person who, like, got a 3DFX card and then went back to playing Quake and software because it was getting more frames. Um, so, Wait, yeah. But, like, but
0: are you saying frame rate trumps as in, like, oh, man, I, I can't I can't even look at 60. It's got to be at was, least
2: 120. 60 is fine.
0: Okay. Like, uh, so 60 is your say
2: min. 60 is kind of my cutoff for, like, this feels... Well, you know, I've played tons of single-player story-driven games on consoles at 30 and had a totally fine time. Like, it's mm-hmm. it really depends on the type of game as well. Is is also a big part of it.
1: Okay. I thousand percent agree. I play my Switch undocked. And it gets what thirty locked. I think it is, and that's fine. It's just a tiny screen playing Zelda. I don't need more than thirty. Okay,
0: and and yeah, for <laughs> but, for for my most of my gaming is is uh 4K 60. Like I I actually am not a huge high frame rate person. I would much rather turn on visual bells and whistles than and than have high frame rate. Me personally, and maybe. it's the, the the video <laughs> for photo person in me but yeah i, I like seeing all the, the the whiz bang features and as long as i'm i'm, I'm at 4k 60 cool yeah. perfect so I,
3: i'm on the same page too I, I i prefer quality over over performance so i'm also on a 4k 60 as well so yeah do
1: you want to hear why my tv is still 720p yeah please because yes. because pc world doesn't pay you enough is that <laughs> all right if someone wants to give me a raise i'll always take it uh... <laughs> But it's because I'm ridiculous about gaming and monitors. So my primary monitor is a 4K 144 hertz G-Sync HDR 1000 nit monitor. Uh, I also have an ultra wide that I use when I, I swap them out. And I keep them piled up upstairs and I'm like, I'm gonna play Forza for a bit. I'll yank out my 4K thing and I'll switch to an ultra wide for a bit and play Forza or Elite Dangerous on that. And if I'm going heavy on Call of Duty, fortunately that one's just a little monitor I can put right on my desk. <clears throat> I have a 360 Hertz, 1080p panel. So I actually spend a lot of money on displays, just not on my television. On so for me, I, I'm very I'm very much uh, a high end person when it comes to gaming. Like mm. I test graphics cards, it kind of happens. Uh, I buy my own, that's my 3080 Ti uh and i use it what i try to do is get as high frame rate as possible it needs to be at least 60 but i don't when i'm playing games for myself i don't leave the frame rate indicators on i just crank everything to ultra and tweak things until i can go all right that's nice and responsive then i leave it alone and i just try to make it look as good as i can as fast as i can
2: (laughs) okay so so, sorry go ahead Sorry, if I if I could just jump in. Have you done much testing with OLED monitors? Or how do you feel like how do, how do you feel about where OLED PC monitors are at? Are they are they ready for prime time in your opinion?
1: I am using one right now. That's why people who usually watch the show are like, oh, the perspective's different on Brad. It's because I'm testing a big 45-inch OLED ultrawide. Uh and it is jaw-dropping. Uh this particular one is 2000 bucks and a little bit too big for my personal needs. <laughs> but OLED mixed with HDR is such a huge jump in visual fidelity that there are some around 900 bucks that you can get these days some of those old leds ultra wides and or 1440p monitors and i'm tempted to buy one of those now that i've tested this Dang. but <laughs> enough enough about monitors to answer the original question <laughs> yeah, the, the original the question the original question what, what uh, is what is good enough so for me when i test graphics cards what i kind of keep in mind as the gold standard is 60 frames per second. If you can hit 60 frames per second on ultra or high, I consider that like recommendation worthy. For it depends, you know, on the classic graphics cards, how much it costs, what's trying to do. But regardless, of what I'm doing, I try to. I keep 60 frames per second in mind as the gold standard. And if it does more than that, excellent.
0: 60 frames with or without uh um uh, without like DLSS or yeah. FSR uh without that okay native performance. Just one 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 to put that yeah (laughs) Uh, because a a lot of NVIDIA's marketing materials is like oh look look what this game can do (laughs) is that the actual number is that with DLSS (laughs) so something's tricky about that a Brad Shoemaker what what do you you think what's good enough I mean because I mean also that includes consoles so
2: (laughs) yeah Um, again, it's very game dependent, like I said, you know, if it's, if it's, if it's not demanding or if it's just single player and very story focused, like 30 is fine, like competitive, anything competitive or very Twitch action, driving games, fighting games, stuff like that, like 60 minimum or get out of here. Um, for the, for the mass market, like settings, I don't know. I feel like medium to high. I feel like there's like. For me, especially thinking years back over the course of many graphics cards, like there's a psychological thing about if I can run at high, I feel like I'm doing well, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, there's just, it's a terminology thing, you know, it's like, oh, high is like, okay, that's on the upper end, I must be rocking a pretty good system here. So as long as as long as long you can do well at high, I think like that's probably good enough for most people.
1: Yeah. Well, Medium actually looks a lot better than people these days. Like you were saying earlier, think. Like before I started working to PC World reviewing graphics cards, buying high end stuff, I used to get, very affordable mid-range cards uh i didn't have a lot of extra money to spend on pc gaming so i'd buy you know the best 200 graphics card that i could and play 1080p medium and enjoy myself so that's that's really the key part about games don't get caught up in the numbers enjoy the games <laughs>
0: yeah it, it's funny because i I think a lot of times i mean because we're, we're all lucky to have most mostly high-end hardware that, that we play around with uh but a lot of people are like yeah if, if i only man if i if if i can only really afford a, a 6600 non-xt or something like that uh you're definitely feeling the performance more than than us at the high end because we're just like oh well, you know whatever we're, we're kind of blowing past all this anyway <laughs> we're and i've, I've kind of noticed that a little bit on the steam deck which obviously is another, like, luxury to have. <laughs> but at, at the same time, I feel I've, I find myself having to mess around with settings in there to get it somewhere that I feel is a good spot, which actually on the Steam Deck, uh, 40 is usually my target. Like, for, if I can't hit 60, then I, at least if, as long as I can hit 40, uh, I think that's, that's my, my recommendation for Steam Deck stuff. Um, but yeah, like, I find myself, like, having to take more time to go in and being like, ooh, okay, how do I get to this stable 40 at least? Uh, and so I think a lot of people on the low end, that's why they, there's a lot of, you know, people just being like, oh man, st- stressing out about performance. Oh man, I'm hitting all these problems because they, they have to think a lot more about getting those, those, you know, those smooth experiences than, than people at the high end. So, um, yep. The, the, the second part of the question, is there an 8 gigabyte GPU in the last two generations that you would consider 1080p ultra compatible with 8 gigabytes of VRAM? I'm actually going to uh, he answered the 3070. I'm actually going to say I was very surprised by that a770 8 gig version. Uh, once again, even in the VRAM limited um, situations, it handled it better than the, the other two GPUs. Uh, so, I mean, that that's one example. Uh, they, they say 3070. Uh, Brad Charkis, what, what do you think?
1: I think if you bought a 3070 for 1080p gaming, you might have overspent. But uh <laughs> true. <laughs> uh I honestly think. Oh. We we lost your audio, Brett. Can you hear me? Oh there you go. You, there you you go. go. <laughs> Sorry, I opened Excel. I don't know what's going on with teams these days. <laughs> uh this is teams, this is Zoom. Uh I honestly think a lot of the 1080p graphics card recommendations that we make, I think all i don't think the rtx 3050 fits but i think the 6650 xt and that arc a770 like is going to be able to play 1080p ultra on at hit 60 frames per second on the majority of games like if you are someone who is like i want ultra and i want 120 hertz that obviously changes things because you have to spit out twice as many frames per second but i think people are overreacting quite a bit what these graphics cards are capable of i think if you buy an a750 or 60 or radeon 6650 xt for 250 300 bucks you'll be able to play the vast majority of games at 1080p ultra for at least another year or two and then you might have to drop stuff down to high and stuff like that i mean there's obviously going to be bad ports but again there are always bad ports
0: i mean and honestly i was surprised by the 14 feet, 40p performance because in that video we only did 1440p mostly just to really stress the hell out of these cards um but I, I was surprised i mean most of those results were except for the 3050 were like oh wow okay these these are completely playable <laughs> at 1440p even so uh yeah anyway uh brad, brad shoemaker what, what uh what do you think
2: do, do you have opinion um, on uh, yeah I'm, I'm not anywhere near no? as okay. up on gpu releases as, as you guys So my, my mo for the last 10 15 years has just been new graphics card time like what is the best NVIDIA card I can fit into my price range and that's kind of been <laughs> it. So nice to see competition in that space again, though. I hope that... Do you, do you guys think Intel is here to stay this time? Yep.
0: Yeah, I th- I think I mean, everybody's hurting. Every company is hurting with layoffs and, and whatnot, you know, and I mean, obviously Arc had a, a troubled launch, but yeah, I think generally here at a, us at PC World think that, oh, you know what? Like, it, it probably makes sense for Intel to be in that space no matter what. So,
1: you see how much money NVIDIA is making on supercomputers and chat GPT servers? Uh, Intel wants some of that. That's <laughs> where the world's going. <laughs> so, yeah, sure. graphics cards are just a natural consequence of that.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so, the uh, next question from a friend of the show, uh,
0: Starscream uh, How much VRAM should a GPU be given at a price point? So, saying like, oh, if you're going to buy something, the examples they put was if you're going to buy a GPU for 200 bucks, eight gigabytes. Uh, GPU for four hundred dollars, twelve gigabytes. GPU for six hundred, sixteen gigabytes. Thousand plus twenty gigabytes plus. Do, do, do you do you see any any number hierarchy that that you could assign?
1: That seemed pretty good to me. Uh, I'm hoping this next generation. Once you, I'm hoping that we start to see twelve gigabytes in some of the lower end cards. There's a chance we're already seeing Intel do it with the RK770. I'm hoping AMD continues that trend. Uh, I don't know about NVIDIA at this point. But that's a fairly good list to me. That's what I would be looking for. To me, at this point, anything over five hundred bucks, I would I would really like at least twelve, but ideally sixteen gigabytes of RAM, just with everything that we're seeing these days. I would like to try to match the consoles if I'm spending five hundred plus dollar console prices on a graphics card. <laughs> <laughs> good point, good point.
0: Um, let's see. What uh, else? We a friend of the show, Coffee asks, uh, "Do you expect that technology such as frame sampler f- feedback streaming? I don't know what the SFS, uh, GPU upload heaps and direct storage will have an effect on GPU v- VRAM usage in the next few years for consumers?" I actually did hear about uh, direct storage. They had a direct storage talk at GDC, uh, and I think they covered some of this, this VRAM stuff, but. What do you think? Is there, is there going to be some magic thing that's going to come out and help this whole VRAM problem?
1: I uh, wasn't able to wade into the technical parts. I saw the GPU Heap DirectX update that happened at G yeah, I haven't been able to wade into the technical parts of that yet. Mm. Uh, I will say at this point, uh, one, like the before anybody can say anything conclusively, we need to see more Direct Storage games to know how they actually act. Because Forspoken is the only one that we have our hands on, and that was one of those bad PC ports on every angle, so it's really (laughs) hard to trust anything you get from that initial DirectX storage stuff. So who knows how it's going to react. It's either we're still going to need lots of RAM, and you're going to need an NVMe drive, and things will load instantly and be awesome, or there is a chance that it could reduce some things. There's a chance it could... You know force more vram capacity like we're gonna have to see how these games act with it in the real world before we can say for sure uh yeah those bad pc ports man yeah well yeah uh
0: hopefully hopefully some some something helps something doesn't uh you know some things are going to come out and and hurt (laughs) so um bob jones 1980 friend of the show asks uh with a 4050 having six gigabytes of vram I don't think that's confirmed, um, but if a 4050 has six gig- gigabytes of VRAM, how much VRAM do you think a 7500 will have? So
1: I, I don't think AMD will go under eight unless you're looking at sub $200. And yeah. I really hope the 4050 I, doesn't have six, yeah. but none of that's definitely not confirmed. NVIDIA hasn't announced anything about any cards that have not already hit the streets. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think, I think eight, eight gigs, is probably, is probably the bare minimum. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, we, we've c- a couple more other uh, random questions, and uh, and then we can get out of here. Um, let's see. Oh, you know what? Actually, the there was a question in here that we answered last week uh, about Intel, but I, I realized, Brad, what, what, what is your take on uh, Intel entering the the GPU market? W- would you be somebody who would uh? uh g- try to try to get in on an intel card or or do you think it's not worth it
1: uh it depends on what kind of game i'm you sorry Bread shoemaker is, oh, uh, oh sorry, oh, Jesus. sorry. Um, i'm not used yeah, to having two I of us
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> Me uh, i'm
2: pretty committed to nvidia for just kind of the range of features they have you know like the the onboard video and code <laughs> is very useful in my in my line of work um broadcast stuff's nice to have like. You guys tell me if this is still warranted or not i've kind of this is going back 10 15 years like driver stability also feels like it's always been the best with nvidia it sounds like i, I assume amd is a lot better than they used to be there
1: yes um, but they Nvidia's is still a little bit more yeah, polished more typical yeah yeah
2: just as, as somebody who just needs the machine to work as much as possible like i've always felt like nvidia was just the safest bet there i think like the intel stuff is fascinating from a, like a, a, a punditry kind of standpoint of like oh wow there are three players in this space now that's surely will be good for everybody eventually right like that's cool um i would have to be in pretty different circumstances to want to kind of be on the bleeding edge of, of intel's efforts there though as far as actually adopting it myself
0: yeah actually uh funny enough somebody in the comments of that video that we put up recently they the 280 and eighty dollar video showdown <clears throat> gpu showdown and uh, somebody was like, hey, uh, Adam, I know you need to do video editing. Which of these three would you actually get? And I was like, you know, I mean, if if it was a work first, game second box, even though the 3050 was, was by far the, the, the weakest performer in, in almost every single game in every single way, uh, I would get the 3050. Like the, the vid- video production chops on, on NVIDIA is just t- too good to pass up. That, that, that sure. would be... <laughs> It'd be really hard in a lot of See? ways like yeah, some of us are, are, are just stuck
1: And that's why I think they've been using less Vram on their cards <laughs> <laughs>
0: Exactly, yeah, so <laughs> uh, Well, here, here's an, a video editing questions from a, a friend of the show dr. Ian cutrus over at tech tech potato uh, He put in a question for and I, th- I think he's in the chat still I, I saw him pop in earlier so maybe he can expand on this but the, the question is for a video editing rig what, what would you recommend what would you go with and and shoemaker you can you can help me with this one <clears throat> um, option one a 5800 x3d with ddr4 in an x570 uh, motherboard a 7600 x with ddr5 and a b650 motherboard or something else Oh yeah, and he's still here. Uh, are, Ian, are you? Uh, please let me know. Are Are you looking to build something? And if so, the something else. I mean, you could pick anything. So it, it sounds like, but it sounds like on on a on a budget. What would you go with, Brad Shoemaker? Um, <clears throat> I don't
2: I don't spend a lot of time in any like very heavy nonlinear editing type situations or packages. Like how how multi threaded oh. is that stuff? Like stuff like Premiere or well, de- even it
0: depends yeah premiere is very cpu loaded where davinci yeah. is very gpu loaded okay. uh, which is, is is part of it ian i i know ian actually oh he's building something for his editor ian uh, oh, is your editor also using that free application that you used to
2: edit videos uh <laughs> let me know <laughs> and i guess my, my other question is how heavily multi-threaded stuff like that is these days like can do you know if premiere can use as many cpu oh, cores as you can throw oh, definitely it?
0: can i mean it, it okay. depends on codecs for sure, yeah. like what codecs are you using, but yes. Uh, that one's a hard one. That one is a hard one because, what, the 7600X is six cores, ddr 5 where the 5800X3D is eight cores, but it's eight slower cores because it's got the V-cache. I mean, I don't know why those... Are, I'm, I'm going to assume those are the two options because they're cheaper and maybe they're they're still good for gaming. Um, but, yeah, I'd almost... I'd almost... Oh, man. I, I bet the 7600x is better for video editing even though it has two fewer cores if i had to guess the ddr5 versus ddr4 depending on the workload probably doesn't make a difference
2: yeah yeah that's a tough one those don't feel that far apart necessarily oh. for this use case <laughs>
0: and he he corrects me it's it's not free it's a it's a one-off fee i'm sorry ian uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh it's uh somewhat GPO in the pairing with an a770 16 gig man what, do you, what is this just a Frankenstein you're building for your editor <laughs> uh it, so actually uh, um, uh Puget systems has done some DDR4 versus DDR5 testing and depending on the application depending on the workload but for the most part the difference does not matter uh, but still I I would probably I would probably go into that newer platform for me if 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 it was me, and then I mean, but you say third option is something else. I mean, I, I would go with neither of these for just video editing. I mean, the fifty eight hundred X three D is is it's a gaming chip, so
2: uh, yeah. So I mean, it, do you, do you oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Do, do you have any feeling about? And I barely know what the kind of parameters are here. But the is it the non X line of of Ryzen seven thousands? The they rolled out this kind of like sixty five watt, somewhat lower end. But I assume still pretty multi-core. Line, yeah, like kind of kind of like non non X chips, I believe is how they're branded. I wonder, I wonder if something in that space that's like lower TDP but more cores at a more modest price might be good for. Yeah, I mean, it. if
0: you, if you could step up to a a, a seventy eight hundred non X, yeah, that that would be interesting. Uh, would I go with M1 or M2? Oh, that's that's a whole different question here, Ian. Uh, you're, we should talk about this <laughs> offline because this is I'm, I'm very conf- I'm confused by what you're building here. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so the the non X parts are essentially the X parts running in eco mode. Okay. So it's just it's just locking it to that lower 65 watts, and the performance is is fantastic. I mean, under under single core loads. You're pretty much parity for the most part under multi-core load that's what you're you know you're kind of you're kind of lacking and i mean the same thing happens on the the intel side as well um oh the uh, so pricing okay okay ian yeah let's chat i'd yeah very, can help me out. yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah for for video editing actually the, there is a a build i'm going to be doing uh soon that that was like hey is how if you had a thousand dollars what and you wanted to go amd and you wanted to go am5 for future proofing what what would you get and i and i i would it for video editing and i spec'd it to go as many cores as i can uh in sacrificing on on the gpu somewhat so Hmm. um yeah i i I would definitely kind of uh, try to try to get myself more cores if that makes sense
3: (laughs) so purely video editing like gaming
0: possibly i mean the i mean gaming's gonna be fine you can yeah yeah, you can game even on a four core i mean brad
2: shoemaker is still gaming on a four core right now so let's talk talk about (laughs) yeah Mm so So close all right all right right. let's let's see when did the 7700k come out (laughs) six years ago (laughs) it's been a
0: bit it's been a bit um and yeah. Okay. A uh, couple more questions. We got a couple of silly questions. Um, Starscream asked, uh, "What's our favorite April Fool's video article, etc. That we saw this year?" Uh, while you're thinking, uh, uh, the the one that I saw was the "Be Quiet AI Fan." <laughs> a really good video. If you want, if 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 you want to watch, I can I can try to find a link. But it was like a it was essentially they made a fan with no blades. And they were like the AI just pushes the the air around <laughs> and and hey you know what you need to you need to aim it you just tell the AI to aim higher or aim lower at your GPU it was actually a pretty good video I'm, I'm not doing it justice good. but it was <laughs> yeah <pretty> good. <laughs> AI fans was pretty good I, I like that one uh, Brad Charkis did did you see any that you thought was funny
1: Uh i was mostly offline this weekend but my favorite april fools announcement that i saw was the asus rog ally their steam deck competitor which it turns out is actually a real product but for whatever reason they decided to announce it not only on a saturday but on saturday april 1st yeah, so nobody we'll had any idea outside. until monday <laughs> when their corporate was able to say no this is real <laughs> we're still here we're still talking about this thing
0: I, yeah, yeah i i because jj over at asus uh sit, um had tweeted it and i was like dude this better not be an april fool's joke because this thing looks mm. awesome
1: <laughs> how, how are you gonna announce it on saturday april 1st It's a saturday it's april 1st like give it two days man
0: <laughs> yeah I, I, don't, I don't know <laughs> i don't know why they did that um uh brad shoemaker
2: yeah like like brad said i think i think it falling on a saturday completely pulled the rug out from under it because you know I'm not not really looking at the internet as much and just kind of didn't see much of anything. The only one, like literally the only joke I even saw, so it's the only thing I can cite is um, Duolingo did a fake trailer for a fake reality romance show based on their software. Basically throwing a bunch of like young hot singles into a house that all speak different languages (laughs) and forcing them to use the software to try to communicate with each other so they can fall in love. (laughs) was kind of ridiculous that's pretty funny yes uh
0: linus i actually didn't watch it but i heard a lot of people liked uh linus tech tips uh i guess they did a a funny april fools video uh willis you, you see anything on april fools that tickled you fancy
3: uh see was it here i think uh not, not pc related but you know with me it's always food so uh taiwan released a uh, i think it was from pizza hut and they released just basically a pizza ring they call it it's really just the dough crust that's just cheese filled like was it domino's or pizza Hut that oh had yeah yeah the filled. cheese cheese stuff yeah so crust. They, they they announced that actually it was good for one day like they actually made it just but it one was real day. it was real oh it's just, okay, I, don't, wow. I was like, I was like <laughs> that's just crazy people actually did order it because there's no filling or anything it's really just a crust ring And it's just—it's just like a a pretzel ring, almost. (laughs) I
0: I eat it. I don't—I don't know about you, but I eat it. I mean, (laughs) there's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) nice. Uh, yeah, April Fool's did seem kind of seem kind of ho hum this year. (laughs) Um, friend of the show VC Jester asks, uh, why do we call them olives and not (laughs) Greece's pieces? (laughs) So, (laughs) real quick before. V.C. Jester always has the the weirdest questions. I love it. Uh, real quick, if you had if you had a bag with that with that with the normal name on it, uh, Brad Charkis, how do you, how do you pronounce it? Of the real Reese's thing, Reese's pieces. Wait, Reese's pieces. Reese's pieces. Okay, Reese's. Brad Shoemaker, yeah. how do you say that?
2: Reese's pieces is what we said back home.
0: <laughs> okay, Willis. Reese's pieces Reese's pieces Reese's pieces okay which is funny because yeah I say Reese's pieces as well no I say Reese's shit what do I say now (laughs) Reese's pieces is what I say yeah
1: yeah that's that's close to what I do too yeah yeah so
0: (laughs) I have but it it makes yeah it's like how do you how do you say pieces pieces Reese's pieces (laughs) (laughs) it's such a weird anyway yeah so when I read this original I was like Greasy's pieces (laughs) 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 That's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, so that's, that's how my brain read it because that's how i say reese's pc so greasy's PCs. uh yeah anyway
1: thanks et <laughs> <laughs>
0: and then uh last question uh dr ian cuttress asked, asked another question uh thank you said uh are we booked for computex yet uh i saw ian's gonna be there uh so yeah we're we're, we're trying to book it trying to 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 solidify it so we are uh, trying real hard to get out there and be be exciting too so uh, hopefully you'll you'll hear about it um yeah oh you know what actually sorry last thing speaking of trade shows uh brad shoemaker the death of e3 how are you feeling uh about about that
2: situation kind of a big old shrug for me (laughs) because it felt like it was dead three four years ago (laughs) Mm,
0: true Um, but you had been
2: you had been to every e3 for the past how many years well, I, I started in 97, so I missed the first two, which is like my eternal shame that uh, I can't say. I went to all of them, but uh, I started in 97 and went right up through the last in-person one in uh, 2019. Wow. Um, but yeah, I mean, that thing was, the thing was so clearly faltering the last two, three uh, in-person ones that they had already. And then the pandemic just kind of came along and drove the final nail in. And that's so kind of... Not pessimistic, but sort of giving the side eye to this effort this year uh, that they've announced, you know, that they were trying to, you know, like kind of hopeful that they would do it. Mean,
0: ex- Read pop knows how to put on yeah, a, a convention. Right. So, yeah,
2: they definitely do. And like the things they were saying when they announced they were taking it over were like, OK, they, they sound like they're giving this an honest shot and have some ideas and are open to talking to the kind of member exhibitors about what they want and blah, blah, blah. And it was like, OK, maybe maybe this will happen, maybe. And then no. <laughs> it's just I don't know if they can't do it. I don't know that anybody can.
1: Frankly. Yeah. yeah, it's been heading that direction.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: I, I was the see. first one I ever, the first one I ever went to was uh, the one where the Xbox one and the PlayStation four were announced and Sony came out and just said $400. Yeah. And I was in like a little custom press room, not even the main and was, like way away from the floor, all that stuff. And you could just hear a cheer echo throughout the entire hall. And it was a rad yeah. moment. <laughs> 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 um
0: yeah actually the uh uh i i think the downfall of v3 started when idg events team start stopped doing it did you know that idg uh our parent company. that's the oh. specialty room i was in yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think they stopped uh the esa stopped using idg for the events like in 2017 ish 2018 maybe okay. so that's what you get esa should you know should have hired the best <laughs> just kidding
1: <The> <laughs> Did they,
2: they run the, the press room? Do you know? Was that part of their purview?
1: I do. I don't know. Okay, I, know. I, I got in yeah, a special I, room. I don't know. Yeah, you know, it's funny I, though.
0: I, we didn't get a discount, even though we were literally part of IDG yeah. <laughs> to get our own mm-hmm. pr- press room and, and all that credentials and stuff. They didn't give us. The- any any special treatment. You gotta uh, make their money, man. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, yeah, let's oh 1215. Let, let's wrap it out up uh, wrap it up. I'm hungry. You're hungry? Let's get the All hell right. out of here. Um yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna read this. No notes. Uh Gordon needs notes. I'm not even gonna say notes. Uh <laughs> check back next week for your talk of uh hot PC hardware and uh software news. Um Thanks for, for listening. Uh, if you're listening to this on the audio podcast, uh, give us a five star. Oh, you know what? I was supposed to check to see if there was reviews because I was going to start reading some of the reviews. Uh, every... no, that was Adam. Adam was going
1: to look for that. Don't worry, you're bearded, Gordon.
0: Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> uh, every time you leave a review on on Spotify or Google Podcasts, uh, any, any of your favorite podca- podcast subscription service, we have Brad Shoemaker on again. So uh <laughs> yes. I, I can't just get us his, his he's got his own schedule. <laughs> um thanks everybody. Uh thank you, Brad Sharkis, for for hanging out. Always. Eddie Yeah. And uh thank you, Brad Shoemaker, for uh for hanging out as well. I know uh you've you've got your own stuff going, but uh but it's glad I'm glad to have you.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me back. It's uh, this is a great outlet for me to just stop apologizing for like, oh, I don't know if people want to hear about PC stuff. Like, don't let me get too nerdy here. This is the place. No, this, this yeah, is a place that.
0: to get nerdy. Uh, also, uh, we haven't finalized the date yet completely, but as of right now, it looks like next Thursday, the April thirteenth. Correct? Uh, we are going to do uh, Brad's Brad's PC build.
2: It's been a long road, but I think we're almost there. <laughs> it, it, it has
0: been a long road. It's going to be fun. We're, um, you know, we're we're trying to to line up who who uh, who's going to be there to help out. Uh, so you know, look forward on on Discord. Uh, it's it's gonna be fun to build a PC. And Brad, you've you've been looking forward to build a PC for a while. So quite
2: quite some time. Uh,
0: <laughs> three years overdue at this point. And it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. It's it's, it's a good rig. It's a, it's a good rig. Uh, and then uh, thank you to uh, Willis Lie for controlling the verticals and the horizontals. Uh, please please take us out of here. I'm hungry.
3: You're hungry all right thank you everyone for tuning in uh now despite bad pc ports the uh last of us hbo show is actually really good and i don't mind uh <laughs> surviving a, a apocalypse zombie apocalypse with uh, pedro pascal and with gordon a- as a team combo so yeah <laughs> he's, you know he's he's, you're,
0: he's not gonna help you out no. <laughs> every <laughs> man for himself will, gordon will kick me out of his yeah. bunker oh Anyways, yes.
3: yeah thank you everyone for tuning in we'll see you next time bye